0: going on fa nation welcome back we are hot off the heels of talladega it was a pretty exciting race from the perspective of ross chastain got his second win with trek house racing overall the crowd was massive they had a very good showing it looked like it was one hell of a time at talladega um (laughs) i went pretty light i know i said in the podcast a week ago that i was gonna max enter the three dollar twenty max for xfinity the $4 20 max for your cup. And I did it for Xfinity and then quickly realized in Xfinity, I still don't know what the hell I'm doing with super speedways. I don't think anyone really does. And so as I was losing all my money in Xfinity, I withdrew 19 lineups from the cup race. I did one lineup to get my iron man credit. I'm happy with it. And I had chase Briscoe and Chris Buescher in my one lineup. They crashed early. So my day was done. And so I could just move on and enjoy the race.
1: Yeah, um, saw your lineup being posted. I think, what, four out of the six dudes crashed? I, I don't know. Yeah. If
0: it, was... it, it put up a total of 57 points on draft. Counts.
1: That's fantastic. <laughs> the only downside is it didn't put up 12 more because that would have been nice. Put it um, in the Louvre. But, um, yeah, it kind of, I don't know, it felt like a little bit of a tame Talladega race. Um, I guess uh, until the end. Well, the final stage went green final 62 laps of that race were green there were zero cautions in stage three um because the incident that happened in, happened on the very last lap on the final straightaway of the race so they're not going to throw a caution so um so that was kind of impressive um you know some controversy after the race we won't go into that nascar has taken care of that um but, yeah, I mean, it was fairly standard. F1 was <coughs> of a boring Imola race for what we expected on Sunday. I mean, everything that happened in that race happened in the first three corners, basically. And then Max Verstappen just drove away with, with it, including lapping Lewis Hamilton, uh, which Red Bull got a very big kick out of. Um, but, yeah, now we're moving on to Dover for the Cup Series. No F1 this weekend. Yeah. Um, No
0: F1, no trucks. It's just you and me, one playbook each. Pretty basic. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's kind of a nicer... Like, we're in the dog days of NASCAR at this point. Like, we're like 12 races into this sucker, right? Um, When is there one week off? Is that in June? It's Father's Day weekend. June 19th. There is no race. That is Father's Day. Um, So, yeah, I have that sucker circled on my (laughs) calendar. Um... So, yeah, that's that's the one off weekend. Now, I will say coming up here um, in a few weeks, we do have the all-star race at Texas. I think it's the weekend before the Coke 600. Um, so that's a bit of an off weekend because, like, it's an all-star race. Yes, we'll have a write-up, I guess. Well, mm-hmm. I'll have a write-up for the Cup Series. Not a full playbook, no projections, no rankings, no track breakdown. It You know, whatever. So it's a pseudo-off weekend, I guess there but yeah so we got dover and I think darlington and i believe it's kansas and then the all-star race i think is the way the schedule goes and then charlotte motor speedway for the coke 600 on um, memorial day weekend the great um, day for racing it is and f1 didn't screw it up this time because they put monaco on memorial day last year they did not <laughs> and caught a whole bunch of flack for it because they ruined the triple header of racing um for those of you that are just getting into this uh the Monaco Grand Prix for F1 is Sunday morning of Memorial Day weekend. At lunchtime, we get the Indy 500. And then for the uh, for dinner time, we get the Coke 600 and NASCAR. So the three biggest races of the, of the year in all three major series on the same day. So um, with that, let's uh, turn our attention here to Dover this week.
0: Which... All right. Let's talk about the Monster Mile. You and I were trying to refresh our memories uh, regarding this track. Um, it It's... It's tough to find a good comparison for Dover. Yeah. Um, Go ahead.
1: Um, So it's concrete like Bristol, right? It's highly banked like Bristol, but the problem is it's twice as long as Bristol. Um, It is a one mile oval. And yeah, there's Phoenix that's a mile and there's New Hampshire that's a mile and Richmond's three quarters of a mile, but none of those are highly banked. Um, In fact, all three of those are some of the flattest tracks on on the schedule. Um, so this is a very high-banked one-mile track. Um, kind of feels like a bullring at times. It's pretty narrow as well. They're, you know, There's room for two-wide racing, but you can't really go three-wide here without causing a problem. Um, and I would say that most of the time, what causes problems is the actual track, breaking the cars. This is usually a track that tests just how strong the car is, just how well the parts are made. Um, and you know, we'll see how well the tires hold up. We'll see how well the, uh, suspension holds up stuff like that. Cause most of the time a wreck here isn't caused by a driver having a driving issue. It's caused by a driver having a mechanical issue in the car. And then we can get some, some stack ups that happen here. That's possible. Doesn't happen all the time. Um, and it's kind of a long race. It's like 400 laps. Um, so... Plenty of Dominators, at least, so... Yeah, there's a lot of Dominator points to be, to be had here, and if a guy or guys are very quick, they can run away with it and not have a whole lot of passing up front, so we might be setting up for kind of another eh race, based on the way the next-gen cars have performed on, uh, shorter tracks thus far.
0: Yeah, I was, that was gonna be my next question, is that when we look at... Yeah, Richmond wasn't awful, but Martinsville was really bad. Um, Bristol Dirt was really bad, but that's also dirt. It's um, dirt. <laughs> how much weight are you putting into the fact that this car has looked terrible on short tracks and, and just being incredibly
1: difficult to pass? Well, so here's the, here's the problem with this comparison, right, is that Dover's banked, the other short tracks aren't, aside from Bristol, but they didn't race Bristol as Bristol, they raced it as a dirt race, right? Um, so, if we go back to the intermediate tracks with some decent tire wear, this cars look spectacular, right? We think about the races at Auto Club, which was spectacular. Now, Dover doesn't have the tire wear that Auto Club does, clearly. Uh, we think about um, race at Vegas was pretty spectacular. Um, the one that um, you know got backed into, I guess, right? A win. Um, so some of those have been great. Atlanta doesn't really count because it was a plate race at this point. So if we if we hope that Dover becomes more of an intermediate track because of the banking and it's not treated like a short track, then maybe we get some passes for the lead. But I don't have a whole lot of high hopes uh, for that right now i mean we didn't really we haven't really seen it the last few years here really i mean if you think about if you look back at the last few years and the package on the car that you know the last few years was 750 horsepower low downforce right um that's not that far off from what's on this car so you know, the, the last few years, we didn't see a whole lot of passing for the lead, right? Martin Truex Jr. kind of ran away with it the year he had to start in the back on a Monday. Um, Hendrick flat-out dominated this track last year. So it it might be more of that, and you can kind of bank on two dominators, but the lead changes are going to happen at stage breaks or if somebody gets beat off pit road.
0: All right, let's talk schedule for this week. As we noted, it is just the two races. My playbook for Xfinity uh, will be out Saturday morning, per usual. Uh, What's it looking like for you on a
1: relatively light week? Um, So I'm going to bump the track breakdown back to Friday. Um, NFL draft is Thursday night, um, so that's going to take up a bunch of Uh, A lot of people's time on the site, kind of a major thing with the first round of the NFL draft happening. Um, And I'm tied into tech, as you all know, so I have to make sure everything's running smoothly um, for that. And it's a two-day show here at Dover, practice and qualifying for cup for Saturday morning and the race is Sunday afternoon. So, you know, I don't necessarily see a a big reason to get the track breakdown out Thursday when it's going to get drowned out by all of the NFL content um and you know buy myself a day doesn't cost us anything on a friday so track breakdown and rankings will be off friday and then we'll have um or i may just push rankings till we see cars on the track we'll see. um but then playbook probably out saturday afternoon at some point projections out about that time too um price picks posted in the channel or put up an article form sunday morning and uh example lineups out Sunday uh, afternoon, about 90 minutes before the race. So that's kind of the lay of the land this week. Um, you know, I am, I've been reaching out to a few people, see if they want some uh, NASCAR stuff added and, and adjusted. Um, I'm contemplating doing an early week betting piece on price picks. or uh, sorry, on PicksWise. Just, uh, discuss, to discuss like that. opening lines and everything? Yeah, opening lines, kind of, you know, maybe some, some differences across the books um, on some stuff, and see if people want to jump in early and get better lines. Um, depending, like like for example, Kyle Larson opened at plus four hundred on DK. He's now at plus four fifty uh, about a day and a half later, so he's moved back. But some other guys, like Daniel Suarez, opened at like plus I think it was seventy to one on some sports books, and now he's down to forty to one. So. You know, there's chances early in the week to hop on guys if you have a feeling about how good they're going to run here. Um, So we'll see. But that's kind of the lay of the land this week. All right. Let's just dive into the Monster Mile. Um,
0: I haven't played cash games in quite some time. Uh, It's been a hot minute. I want to say the last time I did it was probably... I don't think I did it for Martinsville, uh, probably Richmond. Uh, but with so many Dominator points, if you have 400 laps, you're getting at the very you're getting at least 250 Dominator points, but you could get up to about 270 as well, with more Dominator points in play. But also, given how difficult it can be to pass here, and what we've seen from the current short tracks, how good do you feel about cash games this week, or do you think that, you know, we're going to just be landing on a ton of chalk?
1: Um, well, the chalk question, I think it has to do with how tech inspection and practice and qualifying goes, right? Obviously, if you get a major foul up from one or two of the Hendrick cars, there's going to be a boatload of chalk because mm-hmm. that happens. Um, if you get some guys starting from the back, we have seen guys be able to start from the back here and move up. We have seen that in the previous gen car. Um. So, I would say cash games are in play this week. Um, you're going to have to, in order to hit in cash, it's probably going to be a two-dominator build. And then, you know, obviously you want guys that are going to finish highly. We can find PD here. Um, you got to pick and choose your spots. Because the other thing to keep in mind is that lapping does happen here. Yeah. Because with the high banking, drivers keep their speeds up. So, you know if you've got a backmarker who's just not keeping up with the you know guys up front they can get lapped reasonably quickly not as fast as like a Martinsville or normal Bristol um but they can get lapped here so i would say for cash you're going to take the guys who can finish pretty highly and get two dominators for gpp you can get a little riskier the guy starting a little further back, you can go with one dominator builds in the hope that somebody just maxes out and takes the lion's share of the points and whatnot. But yeah, I think they're both in play this week in, in pretty equal measure.
0: All right. So on first glance at the driver pool, um, we were talking before the pod that you know DraftKings seems to think that Hendrick Motorsports is gonna go one, two, three, four here again. They are they possess the three most expensive drivers. We don't really know why they possess four of the six most expensive drivers Larson, Elliott, Byron, Bowman in that order. They're all over $10,000. In the case of Larson, Elliott, and Byron, they're all over, they're either $11,000 or more. How do we justify paying $11,800 for Kyle Larson when he just has not looked
1: like an $11,800 driver recently? Um, so in order to justify that you're going to need him to be starting on the pole have the absolute fastest car in practice hands down and you know realize that it's last year i think that's how you that's how you justify playing him at 118 because at 116 which was his previous high at uh vegas he put up 55 points which is solid but it's still not five x right um For Auto Club, he was 11-4, put up 71 points. But he also started 13th and won the race. Um, And then, you know, he led a chunk of laps and whatnot. So you're either going to need him to show in practice that his long run speed is absolutely phenomenal and then either qualify on the pole or he needs to qualify like 13th, 15th. And have a shot to move up and then lead a bunch of laps. That's how you justify it because you're going to need PD at that point. But if he screws up qualifying, he's also going to be a chalk play at 11 8. Right? Because people will go dumpster dive to go get Larson with PD and laps Light upside. So, uh, me personally, I'm going probably lighter on the field than Larson this week. And if it bites me, it bites me. But he has not looked dominating this year. Uh, at all, uh,
0: I think even in his win, uh, the one when he got what was that auto club? Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, he probably had more of like a top, like, a, I think he had like the fourth or fifth best car in the field. That I mean, day. he
1: admitted it, and then if you look at green flag speed, you're right, it, he came out like fifth or sixth in green flag yeah. speed.
0: But I mean, that was, I mean, good for him for somehow getting the win. Are you taking a similar approach with Chase Elliott in the nine car?
1: I mean, people are going to start to think I'm a chase hater. I'm not, I'm actually not. <laughs> I just use the eye test, and I tell you if the car looks good or not. Like, he had a good run a day, at Talladega. Okay, congrats, but it's that's Talladega. Um, he looked decent at times at the dirt race, but that's a dirt race, right? <laughs> like, I don't know. If he has, so the argument for him is Martinsville. Right. Yeah. He, but he started on, on the, the pole. pole yeah. Finished 10th, had 69 fastest laps. Nice. Nice. And 185 laps led. If he pulls that off at Dover, that got him 102 points and he was 11-2. Yeah. That's what you're looking for from Chase Elliott. Do we get it? I don't know because that was easily his best showing of the year. And, you know, Phoenix he led some laps. Put up 69 points at eleven one, So he's capable. Maybe the shorter tracks are his bread and butter. But also keep in mind, he has yet to win an oval race since Phoenix in 2020. So there is that going against him.
0: All right. William Byron. Arguably Hendrick's best driver right now. New car. He's looked great. He's at speed almost every single week. Uh, he won Martinsville a couple of weeks ago. One Atlanta, obviously, different track. Um, did pretty well at Richmond, too. He led 122 laps with 31 fastest laps. And, you know, I'm not going to hold what happened to him at Bristol Dirt against him. He finished 18th. I'm not really going to hold Talladega against him either. Um, those two races kind of just breed chaos. But uh, I don't know. Is $11,000 right about where he should be priced? I'd say yes, and I also think that Ross Chastain should be right around here as well.
1: I would say yes on Byron as well. Um, in fact, he might be my most played Hendrick guy. Just If I'm setting lineups now, he's probably going to be my most played Hendrick guy. If we wait till practice and qualifying, we'll see how that shakes out. Um, and I know all of the Hendrick guys have done very well in the last uh, handful of spring Dover races. I will be uh, the first table you see in the track breakdown this week will be specifically spring Dover races, and I will explain that when we get to Kyle Busch. Um, but there are nasty splits here. It would it seems counterintuitive, but it, there are some nasty splits here. And now, obviously, Dover's a once a year track. Um, so all of the Hendrick guys have run well here previously, but William Byron has been just. Pretty, pretty dang good uh, in the last few races here in his own right. And he gets better 14th, 8th, 4th. Um, so, yeah, I an $800 discount off of Larson is pretty nice.
0: Uh, all right. Well, I mean, we've talked about three Hendrick uh, drivers. Let's just go to Bowman, who appears to be the wet blanket, even though he's
1: 10,100. Uh, doesn't he have a win here? Um, I believe he has won here. Yeah. Let me double check. Uh, yes, he has. What he is. Yeah, watch? he won last, last spring. Oh, dude. he? Was, oh. he was the top <laughs> I'm guessing the, the H- boys at JGR were not happy about that one either. Oh, he was the top finisher for the Hendrix sweep, <clears throat> and by the way, the spring race before that he finished second. So Oh he had um, hundred and twenty two point six driver rating in last spring's race. He he earned it. Yeah, that's that's, <clears throat> that's impressive. I mean, and a he's perfect four top, top fives five in his four. last
0: five races here. So yeah, he's <laughs> yeah, screw JGR. He's also,
1: by the way, got four top tens in the last five races this season, five in the last six. So, I mean, he's been he's been very very good, um, arguably the most consistent Hendrick driver this year in terms of on the track and DFS scoring. So. If you're looking for a guy, I don't know how, like, under the radar Bowman is going to be, especially with the price difference. But if you're looking for a guy that people tend to forget about in the Hendricks stable, Bowman is that guy.
0: I do think that a lot of the touts and a lot of, you know, other DFS providers might be, you know, telling subs and everything to pump the brakes on Larson and Elliott. I don't think we're going to be alone there. So it wouldn't surprise me if Bowman came out of. I guess, nowhere and was the second highest Hendrick driver in GPPs. And plus it's all going to boil down to where they qualify. If someone emerges, emerges as an obvious PD play, then this argument is useless. Um, Anything else you wanted to add on HMS? They've been solid for the most part. And I guess we can expect that going forward.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's no reason to really panic. It's just that, Larson it's just hard to see him hitting value, depending on where he's starting, mm-hmm. right? Because eleven eight at five x, you're going to need him to put up what fifty nine points. It's doable, but that's an awfully high bar to clear to just hit five x. We're not even talking about six x, right? Talk about six x. It's almost like it's like seventy. Or 72. That's a lot of points.
0: All right. Um, I guess we we teased Kyle Bush not too long ago. So let's just pivot to JGR. Uh, what do you got on Kyle Bush for
1: Dover? Um, I'm not playing Kyle Bush at Dover. He's 9,100. That's actually not terrible for him. No, it's not. But I'm not playing Kyle Bush at Dover. Well, you want to know why? Yes, I do. In the last seven spring races here, which goes back to 2014, you want to guess what his average finish is? Is it outside the top 20. It's 28.0. Mm, <laughs> In the last great. seven spring races here, he has had two finishes better than 27th, one top 10 and one 16th. Everything else is 27th or worse. In the fall race, that's where all his domination comes from. Like if you if you run the splits on Kyle Busch and you look at the fall race at Dover. Versus the spring race at Dover. His average finish in the last seven fall races here. Is like (laughs) 5.0. His average finish in the last seven spring races is 28th. He has something go wrong with his car. Almost every year they come to Dover in May. Or late April. It's just. And look if it was a one off thing. Like if it happened last year I'd blow it off. But it's not. It's happened every year since 2014. He has 42nd, 36th, 30th, 16th, 35th, 10th, 27th. I'm sorry, but at $9,100, a guy who has an average starting spot inside the top seven and finishes outside the top 28, that's a little tough. And by the way, I'm also not betting him either. He's going off on DK. I believe he's 14 to one right now. He is. uh, Not taking that bet. (laughs) <laughs> if it was, like, 35 to 1, probably. But um, his his history here, for whatever reason, he has something go wrong with his car a bunch in the spring races. And that's not saying he hasn't led laps here in the spring races. He has. In fact, he averages, looks like, uh, let me double check here. We've got, yeah, 15, almost 16 Laps led on average over the last seven races. So that's a little bit. I mean, I think he got a chunk of those in one race, and then his car fell apart. But the problem is his negative PD doesn't outweigh the fact that he'll lead some laps.
0: Um, Let's quickly touch on Martin Truex Jr. This is one of 17 home tracks that he has (laughs) on the schedule.
1: It's technically the closest home track to where he is from in Mayetta, New Jersey.
0: Yeah, they're they're all somehow the closest track to where he grew yes. up. Um, <laughs> uh, not a great performance here a year ago. Started on the pole, led 16 laps, and then just went backward. Well, um, I think
1: he had – didn't he have a bad pit stop? He trapped him in the back, and then he, didn't, he he couldn't move up. I remember this
0: race vividly last year because I was very heavy on Martin Shurks Jr. I think he was just coming off a win – I want to say it was at, like, Richmond or something, and we were touting it. Like, yeah, Martin Truex Jr. is looking great. This is another short track. JGR does great at short tracks. But this race, like, kind of was, was a turning point in his season where he kind of went cold for a while. But overall, like, he has a really solid resume at Dover. I know we're taking previous resumes with a grain of salt, but from in both races in 2020, he finished second. In 2019, he finished second in the fall race. He won the spring race. You know, a lot of top fives. He's led plenty of laps here. It's it's one of his home tracks. Um, it probably boils down to if he shows up with speed and practice. Otherwise, I don't know. I'm, I can't get excited about playing, you know, Truex with the new car.
1: Yeah. I mean, but here, so here's the thing. We're going to go back to something that we used last year for some of the drivers, right? It was a big thing with Eric Jones last year that a track he's been comfortable at, we were going to play him, right? We played Martin Truex Jr. pretty well. Well, I'm assuming we did at Richmond. I didn't actually write the playbook. You did there, sir. I did not actually (laughs) watch the race. Um, I didn't even get to play DFS because I was in Jersey the whole weekend. Didn't want to screw up the location thing. Um, But if you look at Richmond, he's comfortable at Richmond, right? He came in only being so-so. Yeah, he finished well at the road course, kind of expected it. Um, did well at Atlanta, which was kind of surprising because usually he doesn't do well at plate tracks. Um, but at Richmond, started sixth, finished fourth, 34 fastest laps, 80 laps led at 9600 Right, He's comfy there. Martinsville, he's comfy. He ran okay, but as I remember it, none of the Toyotas ran very well that that night. Um, I think the changing track conditions screwed them up. Um, Dirt Race, he was okay. Talladega is Talladega, but he did pull off a fifth-place finish there, which was impressive. So at tracks that Truex has been comfortable at, he's run well here this year in this new car. So I would say that we should... that he may be my favorite JGR car this week. Um, I mean, I I don't know that that's a surprise to anybody. Um, But between him, Hamlin, and Bell, I'll probably be heaviest on it on uh, MTJ.
0: I was going to ask you about your opinion of uh, James Dennis Allen Hamlin uh, undergoing some sensitivity training. We alluded to that at the beginning. But he does have a win here uh, if we're talking about you know, guys that, you know, we want to target that can be comfortable here. It's it's so hard not to get excited about JGR in some facet. Um, you know, he won this race two years ago. He led over 215 laps uh, in the, the fall of 2019. Um, didn't do great last year. Uh, but, yeah, it's been kind of a downer of a year from Hamlin, aside from his win. He's got win one
1: top ten. And that was his win. And that was his win at Richmond, which he kind of sort of, like, showed up in the last five laps and made a nice pass for the lead. I'll give him that. But, like, it was not a dominating Richmond performance, right? Um, And the last, since then, the car has been awful. Yeah. Like, can't really dig him for Talladega, but, like. The dirt race, not great. Martinsville he had that famous clip, like, why the hell are we a top tier team in thirtieth? Like, <laughs> type? um, I don't know. You and Lewis Hamilton are drinking the same drinks, now, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Um, but most of the weekends, he has finished way worse than where he started. In most weekends, Richmond, as far as I'm aware, is the only one in which he's actually finished better than he started. In the last 10 races, which goes back all the way to the Clash... Sorry, I'm looking at the entire schedule. So You're
2: good, go ahead.
1: All the way back to the Clash, he has finished worse than where he started, except for Richmond. That's on all track types, on all sorts of deals. Mm-hmm. And again, Richmond, he didn't look all that dominating. He had 15 fastest laps. Cool. Uh, five laps led, he won it. But again... It was not like it was the, oh, is everybody going to talk about how Denny backed into a win? <laughs> um, and he's only, by the way, topped, you want to <clears> guess <throat> how many times he has topped 20 DK points this year? Well,
0: He definitely didn't do it at Daytona.
1: Uh, I'll say twice. Once. The win? The win at Richmond got him okay. 65 points. The next highest scoring week was Phoenix at 19.
0: It's not very good.
1: So I know he's comfy here and I know we just talked about how we like to play tracks where he's comfy. Don't care. <laughs> I need to see more from Denny before I before I play him and this has nothing to do with the the meme or the sensitivity thing or whatever. It's just I can't pay $9500 for a dude that's averaging 15.2 points a race, which by the way, um I'm pretty sure that's worse in the field right now. According to DraftKings, Denny Hamlin if we sort by fantasy yeah, points Yeah, he's dead last in point fantasy he's points. He's dead per last race. in fantasy points per race right now. He is 3 points worse than Stenhouse and Harrison Burton. He's, he's, he's 4.3, four 4.3 4 points
0: worse than Cody Ware. <laughs>
1: And by the way, Cody Ware's run 11 races, so this isn't like Cody Ware's only run three and Denny's run 12. No, they've run the same amount of races, and Denny is worse. <laughs> as much as we like to crap on Cole Custer, he still outscored Denny in just about every race this year, except for one.
0: DJ e. McLeod is even averaging 20.7 points.
1: Yeah. that's. I mean, it's been a bad year for Denny.
0: All right, um... Let's pivot to maybe Tyler Reddick. Um curious what you may think of him. Uh is this is this another
1: week where maybe Tyler Reddick wins the race? Um, I think so, because you can actually race the high line here. It's possible. There are two two racing grooves. Now the preferred one is certainly the bottom groove in the corner. It's it's up against the wall in the straightaway and it's on the white line, you know, down near the apron in the corner. You know, so you kind of oval the track and curve on the straights and then, you know, whatnot. But later in the race, when the track rubbers up, you can, in fact, race the high line. And Kyle Larson's made a career out of doing it here. Um, So I think Tyler Reddick can be very, very good here. He's only run the spring race here once. That was uh, last year. And yeah, I, you know, if we want to go back to the first race of 2020, we can back to that into because the second race that kind of inverted the field. Um, so if we include that Tyler Reddick has still done well, he's finished no worse than 13th in his two races here last spring, he finished eighth after starting 12th. So yeah, I think Reddick's in play this week. Um, I don't know. Did we want to talk about Austin Dillon his teammate? We can. I mean, I think the RCR program on the shorter tracks has gotten a lot better in the last few years. Um, there's proof of that he did very well. Austin Dillon did very well at um, Martinsville, finishing third. Richmond, he finished 10th. Um, so, you know, Phoenix, not great. But Phoenix has always been Austin Dillon's Achilles heel. So, mm-hmm. um, I think in weeks in which you don't expect Austin Dillon to do well is exactly when Austin Dillon does well.
2: <laughs> That's fair.
1: I mean, think about the times that he has been the high scoring, like a high scoring driver, nobody plays him. And then when everybody likes his chances, he stinks. <laughs> um, and, by the way, in the last four races, in the last four spring races here at Dover, he's gotten better every time. 26 19th, 15th, 14th, last spring. So, um, so that's encouraging. I'd still like Tyler Reddick more than Austin Dillon. But um, now, guy that's a little bit more than Austin Dillon that I really like this week is Daniel Suarez. Go ahead. Uh, he's been very good at Dover. He also did very well in the lower divisions at Dover. If I'm not mistaken, he, he has a win here, and I believe Xfinity, if I'm not mistaken. We'll check that. Um, but in the Cup Series, the last five spring races here, he wrecked out once, so there's a 30th place finish. But the other four finishes, 6th, 3rd, 11th, and ninth. And that's starting, you know, a few of them he went a little backwards. The other ones he went forwards. But he still has a net positive of almost five spots a race here. In the last uh, he does have here. a win in Xfinity back in 2016, so he's familiar with the track. He has a win here. Trackhouse is fast. I don't know what to tell you guys, but like yeah. they're fast every week. Doesn't really matter the the track type. Doesn't really matter, you know which car it is. They've got really good cars like every week. Um, so I would I would say that in the mid tier. Daniel Suarez is a pretty intriguing play. Also, he's forty to one on DK Sportsbook right now, too.
0: Which is I don't impressive. really understand how his teammate Ross Chastain, with two wins in the last five races, and has pretty much shown up with speed most weeks. He's still only eighty six hundred dollars, which is just it's about three hundred dollars over the average price tag. That's a little embarrassing on the DraftKings part.
1: Yeah, he's also, by the way, the fourth <clears throat> most the fourth highest scoring on average driver in the field. Chase Elliott is one Blaney is two Byron is three and then four tenths of a point per race below that is Chastain. So yeah, I'm with you. He's, he's getting the, uh, like nobody's paying attention to the watermelon man and they should be.
0: Uh, I don't know. Is there anybody on Penske you wanted to talk about? I was, Thinking about just like briefly touching on SHR and in t- hitting up Chase Briscoe because he did dominate his last Xfinity race here. Cole Custer yeah. has actually a pretty good track record here in the Cup Series with like a two top ten finishes and then I think he also finished
1: eleventh. Also, Harvick has been <clears> good.
0: Okay, so SHR is on the table.
1: <laughs> yeah, like we were talking about this before the pod, right? Like Kevin Harvick has six top tens. I don't think anybody really realizes that he's got six top 10s. And by the way, one of like, he barely missed two more in his last five races with a 14th at Martinsville and an 11th at uh Coda. So as much as we want to say Kevin Harvick's been so, so he's finished in the top 10 half the races this year. Mm-hmm. That's pretty solid. Doesn't have a win yet, <clears> but finishing in the top 10 consistently is how you do it. He also ran well at, Richmond, not that Richmond is comparable to Dover, but he, you know, the short tracks have been good for SHR so far. So, yeah, I think they're in play, except for Eric Amarola, because it's not be Tony Stewart's short track racing series rubbing off on them. Uh, yeah, probably. I would. Sorry, there's a there's a spider crawling on my desk at the moment. Okay, um, it doesn't kill you. No, it's a tiny one. (laughs) <laughs> anyone, I got it. We're all good. Um, yeah, so I would say that Cole Custer... Um, look, it's not been a good year for Cole Custer. We can all agree on that. But there are still tracks at which he becomes intriguing, and Dover is one of them because he's Dear run well here. If
0: you um, look at his numbers, though, following... I mean, he really only had two good races. It was Daytona and Auto Club, and then negative one DraftKings point at Auto Club. 36 at Phoenix. Yeah. yeah. You know, all right. Minus six at Atlanta. Whatever. It's kind of a super speedway now. Minus one point at Coda. Yeah, 16, not great. 16 at Richmond. Six at Martinsville after he started third. 18 at Bristol Dirt after he was on the pole. And then last week he started 29th, finished 29th. So at least he's presenting himself as a terrible DFS play most weeks.
1: Right. Which uh, helps us in contrarian ways, right? Because if we think he can <clears throat> rebound, he might be a contrarian guy. And at 6,100 bucks, it's not like he's going to cost you a lot to be wrong on. Right. So, you know, there is that Ty Dillon's reasonable. Again, PD, guy just seems to move up pretty well. Um, In terms of Ryan Hmm. Priest, I'm not sure what to do with him. Um,
0: I'm still trying to figure out if that's going to be an SHR car or if it's a Rick Ware car. Right.
1: If it's an SHR car, it's a definite play. Yeah. If it's a Ware car, uh, I don't know. I mean, theoretically, the next-gen cars are supposed to be plug-and-play and and everybody's got basically the same equipment, but I don't know. The back markers Um, still screw up the setup. Yeah, Priest did finish uh, 18th here last spring in the 38 car um, for what that's worth. And he started 25th. So he did get seven spots of PD here last year in, you know, kind of a so-so car. 38 car is not great. I just noticed.
0: Yes. And I don't mean to interrupt you because I feel terrible about that. But Harrison Burton is $5,000. And that is not a $5,000 car.
1: Yeah, but the results are $5,000 results. Um, I mean, maybe. I mean, it's he nice. started
0: 17th, finished 18th at Richmond. Started 19th, finished 17th at Coda. Bristol Dirt started 24th. So, I mean, I don't care. Like, he's... He's, he's, he's probably, been okay. He should be $700 more. He's not a five... This is a backmarker's price tag.
1: yeah. That's true, and the 21 car is arguably not. I mean, it's essentially a fourth Penske car, Yeah. right? This is... um, I'm looking up his Xfinity average here. Yeah, because there's not going to be... Obviously, he hasn't raced here in the Cup Series. Um, Good year to be a rookie. Yeah, I mean, at least he's going to get on-track time. There's that. Um I, I don't know. I mean, he's looked solid at times, and then when you think it would be a good track for him and the setup and the tracks the team normally does well at, he doesn't, he doesn't really do you any good. Like,
0: so in Xfinity, I mean, in Xfinity, he wrecked once and finished 38th, and then he finished 5th, 11th, and 6th. Now, it's Xfinity. These were all within the last two years at least, uh, and this is a brand-new car, but I just... He is not a driver that should be $5,000.
1: I mean, he's only 300 bucks more than Cody Ware.
0: <laughs> yeah, but Cody yeah, Ware is scoring Denny Hamlin.
1: fairness, Hammond. Cody Ware has outscored him this year. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: yeah, I mean, that's just because Cody Ware is always starting so far back. And as yeah. long as he just doesn't... Wreck, he's guaranteed know, to pass like seven through people. Through the pooch, yeah.
1: <laughs> um... I mean that's a fair that's a fair point. Would you rather have Todd Gilliland or Harrison Burton?
0: Probably Gilliland.
1: In the third well,
0: um, I think I would take Gilliland more in a GPP because I just don't think people go there as often as I have this year.
2: Yeah, and I
0: also think that there's a slightly higher
1: ceiling with Gilliland. I might agree. It's gonna come down to a lot where they're starting. Because if Gilliland is starting anywhere inside the top fifteen, I'm not playing him.
0: That's fair. I also don't think I'd play very much Harrison Burton starting inside the top fifteen either.
1: Yeah, probably fair too. Um, yeah, I mean, I I could see being equal on both of them, but I just think it's an interesting. And then Justin Haley's a hundred bucks more than Target Loan. Um. There's yeah, just it's, really questionable price tags this week. Like Eric Allen, Roll is sixty-six hundred.
0: Yeah, I know he hasn't been good.
1: Okay, but it's also not a flat track, man. No, I get it. It's got banking. He doesn't do well when there's like when he's tilted.
0: Oh, he doesn't. Okay, when he when he has to like tilt his head and fair. All
1: right,
0: yeah. <laughs> so, guy just likes missionary. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, that took a turn somewhere I didn't want it to go. <laughs> um. <clears throat> But, like, yeah. Also, what is Eric Jones doing that low? Oh, at
2: 6,800?
1: Yeah. Guys got three top 15s here in the last five races. Yeah. I see it. And honestly. And you can't tell me the you, fourth JGR car is that much better than a fully funded. Petty GMS car.
0: No, probably not. But to be completely honest with you, what I do like about Eric Jones is that he's presenting himself as like just a straight up GPP play. If you're looking at his scores, Mm -hmm. because it feels like he's either putting up 40 or more or 10 or less. Yeah. There is no in between on DraftKings. He put up zero at Daytona, 55 at Auto Club.
1: Well, his last five races, just his last five races, which go Coda till Talladega, 56, 5, 41, 8. 54. Yeah. And by the way, he was in the optimal lineup last week at (sighs) Teleday.
0: So close to winning.
1: Even without winning at 70 to 1. Oh my God, I was so pissed. (laughs) 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 Almost had a huge, huge. I mean, Chastain won at 40 to 1, but 70 to 1 would have been nicer.
0: Uh, is there anybody that we may have skipped over? I know we had this podcast nice, clean, and organized. We started with HMS, then went team to team, and then it just kind of. And de- then it just yeah. It, uh, I just, saw Harrison Burton yeah. was five thousand dollars, and that just about broke my brain.
1: Um, I don't know why Kizlowski seventy seven hundred. Anybody want to explain that to me? <laughs> yeah, um, but I guess he looked good at short tracks. Kinda, maybe, Sort of? He's kind of like Jones, though.
0: I mean, he's just more expensive than Jones, but, like, you know, like, because last game three of his last five races, he has 40 or more DraftKings points, and then in the other two, it's 13 and 19.
1: Right, Um, but he's got almost the same finishes as Jones in the last. We're looking at the last five races here. We're looking at the last five spring races here. Eric Jones is 15th, 18th, 6th. 12th, 22nd. Kislowski in the last five is 38-6, 12-9-16. pretty close. The difference is Jones has looked a lot better this year than Kislowski, who, if yeah. he can't wreck anybody out, looks like absolute poop. <laughs> like, I don't know. Are they turning a corner at RFK? <laughs> uh, let's not it's get ahead so of ourselves. Fun, but like, I don't know. Maybe he has put up forty-one <clears> points <throat> three times in the last five races. So I don't, I don't know. Maybe in GPPs, we'll see how it looks on. But like, the, the pricing is super weird.
0: Uh, final thoughts overall. I don't know how I feel about Dover this week. We're just coming off a high of like a really fun weekend at date at Talladega. Um, and I don't know. I feel like Dover is, is kind of a palate cleanser for next weekend's race at Darlington where we get the throwback
1: schemes just overall,
0: you know, it's a crown jewel race and
1: the new cars should absolutely shine on a high tire wear track. Like that should be a super fun race to watch. Should be awesome. And Dover is just like, okay, whose car is going to break now? (laughs) Like, I mean, the my favorite part about Dover is when they show the camera angle that's going straight down the straightaway, and you can actually see the cars, like, drop into the corners. Yeah. Because the corners, like, there's, like, a 40-foot drop into the corners, apparently, which you don't see if they're doing a normal camera angle. So if, if they do the one straight down the straightaway, you can see them go up by the wall and then just drop, and they, like, you literally can't see them over the hump to get into the corner, that's kind of cool. But What
0: did you think of Fox's coverage overall? Uh, one, it helped because Dale Jr. was in the booth. And two, I actually liked that pre-race show they did where they had the – it was almost like college game day and they had the fans behind them and everything. I thought that was a nice touch. Felt like that was a good way to bring the sport closer to the fans if you have, like, the pre-race show. I'd like they to see them at do Bristol that a little bit more. Yeah, did they – okay, so I would like to see them do it more frequently.
1: So that's a flashback because they used to do it, like – 15, 20 years ago. Um, I think back when like speed network was a, the broadcast partner for NASCAR and B still a thing. Um, they would basically set up like a college game day set. And then you have the raucous fans around you and set the atmosphere and get you. Yeah, I, I agree. Having Dale jr. There for Talladega was fantastic. Cause the guy could see the runs happen before they happen. Mm-hmm. So that was, Fantastic. Um, we get Larry Mack in the booth this week for Dover. So, oh my, how did we season.
0: not talk about Jeffrey Earnhardt?
1: Yeah, we go. He goes from crew oh keeping Jeffrey Earnhardt to the pole, um, and then a second place finish. Uh, up to the booth now. So now he gets to like. So I want to see prop bets on how long it takes Larry Mack to strangle Clint, Clint Boyer.
0: There was, uh, they did a chart pretty much uh, of the last couple of weeks for larry mack because obviously he had bristol dirt right and then uh about two weeks ago the week basically the week of bristol dirt i think his daughter got married in savannah georgia to jordan anderson yeah and then he had to go to bristol dirt then he had to start prepping for crew chief duties uh in back in charlotte back, right? in, north, back in north carolina uh basically had to do that all week and daga and now he's going to be in the booth For Dover, he's been a busy man, but that was definitely awesome to see him crew chief the three car for Jeffrey Earnhardt. So close to pulling off a win. Uh, But, hey, even Dale Jr.'s team, you know, ended up getting the win. And then, you know, the three car finished second. Yeah. So.
1: Very nostalgic
0: weekend, at least for Xfinity.
1: And by the way, the three car finished second in the Cup race, too. It did. Austin Dillon finished second at Talladega. (laughs) And my eldest daughter was very pissed because she's an Austin Dillon fan, (laughs) and was like, "He couldn't win." I was like, "Saddle down, your dad lost money." So, Um. Uh, all
0: right, Matt. Well, we'll wrap it up there. Uh, We'll be in the chat all weekend. Uh, I'll be in there noon to eight Eastern time Saturday, pretty much uh, dying inside watching the Xfinity race, and then we'll be back for the Cup race on Sunday. Uh, Matt, not sure if you have any final thoughts.
1: Um, no, I mean, let's, you know, you can play pretty reasonably this week. I wouldn't go overboard. It's not like a lock of a race. Obviously anything can still happen in these races. Uh, pit crews can still screw people out of positions. It's still on pretty road. nervous about this car on short tracks. Yeah. The tires are going to be a little bit nuts because concrete holds temp a little better than asphalt. So, uh, if heat gets built up, we could see some flats happen. Um, so that's a little, That's uh, a little nerve wracking. Um, but yeah, it's not necessarily like a full blow. Protect your bankroll week should be an okay race. Hopefully it's better than we expect it to be. I'm setting the bar low so that I, you know, but after this, Kansas should be a spectacular race. Darlington should also be a spectacular race. And then we get boring old Texas for the all-star race, which is going (laughs) to suck. Uh, (laughs) Um, so yeah, it should be, uh, you know. And I'll be back with double duty next week because we get F1 in Miami. Nice. At a purpose-built fake marina track. <laughs> we'll go with it. But, Matt, thank you so much for your time. Best of luck
0: to you this week for Dover, and best of luck to the FFA Nation. Best of luck, FA Nation.